Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from Long Island, New York, the best wrestling podcast in the world, Joseph Crush, Nikki Noodles, Bad News Canali, and Nick Jersey, the Wrestling Journal Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, WrestleBuzz proudly brings to you the number one wrestling podcast in the world, the Wrestling Journal Podcast. I am your host today, NJ3. Um, it is very lonely in this virtual Zoom meeting. It is me, it is me myself, and I. Um, we are recording on a Monday today because with the Halloween um, holiday, as some may or all may, you know, participate in, um, it was Joseph's first uh, Halloween with his beautiful baby girl, the cutest little chicken I've seen ever. Um, obviously, bad news, Canale being the fantastic uncle he is participated. Um, I had personally a very busy business weekend for uh, my personal business. We got you covered, LI, for all your party rental needs. And, uh, you know, Nikki Noodles, of course, is no show. So that's not really out of the ordinary, but the other boys aren't. So, Tom, your Iron Man record still stands, Pat, because technically you could record today. It just I can't record at that time. And then Joey can't record today either. So I said, you know what? Let me be the vocal chops of the boys today. Let me represent. Since it was my schedule that messed up the call, let me make up for it and I'll actually record for everybody. So. You're going to listen to me just for a little bit. I'm not going to go 45, 60 minutes. That's a lot of just me talking. I'm just going to give a quick little recap of some notes that we had uh, for the show. But I can promise you this, that the boys will be back next week. The three horsemen, I guess you want to say, because you can't really call it four horsemen because the fourth guy never shows up. But, you know, we can be uh, we might be pleasantly surprised. Anyway, let's get to it. Where can you find us? Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Amazon. Wherever you can download and listen to podcasts, we are there. If for some reason not on that, reach out to us. Joseph is as savvy as can be. He is as innovative as Steve Jobs was with creating the iPhone. Just let him know. We'll get on it, right? And just ask your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Wrestling Journal podcast, and she will do it. So that's where you can find us. Um, and I'll tell you this. If you like what we're doing, and you're happy with what you're listening to, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It is huge for us. It allows us to be more on the top searches. When you search for wrestling podcasts, we'll come up there. All we ask is for a little love and support. We love doing this every week. I cannot believe it is like episode 78, I want to say, or 79. Um, if Tom was here, I'd ask him and he would know. I know that Joey will title this episode um, the correct title, The Lone Wolf, episode 78 of the Wrestling Journal Podcast, I hope. I hope I'm right. Maybe it's 79. I don't know. But Joey, that's up to you to count. I don't do counting. I just talk. Um, but if you like what we're doing, please leave us a great review on Apple Podcast. Five stars would be super, super helpful. If you don't like what we're doing, send hate mail to Joey. He loves reading it. Um, even though he portrays himself as a face, as a baby face, he's a red hot heel. Send it away. All jokes aside. Anyway, I could not do this episode if it weren't for Nerd Focus. The energy think drink that gets you through your day. It's Monday. I was busy all weekend. I was busy with the holiday. I slept like crap. 
I woke up this morning wanting to call out sick. No, 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 no. I went right to my fridge. I cracked open a nerd focus. I drank it. I walked the dog great. I started work. Fantastic. Crushing it already. I'm on lunch right now. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to crack. I'm going to, I'm going to do a nice episode of the wrestling journal podcast all because of nerd focus. It is that energy think drink that gets me through my days. It gets the boys through their days. It can get you through your days. So if you go to the link tree in our bio, whether uh, it's on Instagram or Twitter, the link tree is right there. Use that link because that using that link directly helps us. And if you want to help us, let us help you with using the code ND20 at checkout. That's right. Just the initials ND20 at checkout will guarantee you no matter what, you're never going to pay full price for Nerd Focus. You're going to get 20% off. And if you order two or more, you get free shipping. So again, ND20 at checkout, two or more free shipping. And if you do the math, it's less than $2 per drink. And I know for a fact, because I go to 7-Eleven often, they have two for five deals. Um, two for, you know, two for four twenty-five. Let's get you energy drinks for less than $2 a pop. And let's get it delivered right to your door. Use our link tree and order nerd focus with us. Um, something that we're super, super excited about. We want to of course share with you guys is pro wrestling tees. Again, find in our link tree. We have our own very, very own wrestle buzz pro wrestling tee. It has the awesome logo on the front the big logo on the back. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm doing the RVD thumb. I'm only doing one of them pointing to my back because that's where the WrestleBuzz logo is. Wear it proud, wear it, wear it often, support us. We love it. We're so happy to be on there. We're going to have more t-shirts coming. We're going to have a Wrestling Journal t-shirt coming. We're going to have a Joseph Crush t-shirt coming. We're actually going to get a milk carton t-shirt with a picture of Nick saying, where is he? He doesn't show up to the show. Where is he? If you find him, let us know. There is no reward for finding him though because he is worth nothing. Okay. We actually may give you money to keep him. Anyway, all jokes aside, pro wrestling tees, we're in the store. The shirt is selling. We're starting to see it. And if you buy it, tag us in it. Um, we want to share it. We want to share it proud. And, and it's just like a little something that we were working on. So super, super exciting and love it. But let's get into the show. Uh, it looks like the WWE pay-per-view schedule for 2022 was released. And something that I've been wanting personally much more often of is Saturday pay-per-views. Like all of you, we have nine to five jobs, Monday through Friday, majority. Some have five to nine jobs. Some have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday jobs, 12-hour days. Whatever you're doing, it's hard sometimes to watch a pay-per-view on a Sunday. That's not what you want to be doing, right? We got, we got Sunday night football, all right? We have Sunday night baseball. We got hockey. We got basketball. We got a lot going on in the sports entertainment world. I know Saturday nights are sometimes for fights, but the fight usually doesn't go on until 10 o'clock at night. What better way to capitalize on giving something to do and giving us a day to recover than putting pay-per-views on a Saturday? There's a lot of lined up pay-per-views on Saturday. WrestleMania, as we know, is going to be another two-night event. Um, what's really cool, which I believe, um, and hey, at me if I'm wrong, at WrestleBuzz on Twitter, three Zs on Twitter, Um is I believe that you were going to get the day one pay-per-view, which is super exciting, right? Kick off the year, day one pay-per-view. Three weeks later, we actually have Royal Rumble. And then there's no pay-per-view, I'm pretty sure, until WrestleMania. Now, that is a long build, but it's something they're not usually used to doing because usually they have that pay-per-view right before it. But I always hated that the stakes for that pay-per-view before WrestleMania didn't have the same stakes as WrestleMania because it's almost like you had to tell a little story than to retell a new story. This way you can go from one to the other. So 
I am super excited about that. I think Saturday pay-per-views are great. Now, they're not all on Saturday. Don't get me wrong. There's a good amount on Saturday. But I like that they're at least being flexible in that regard. And I think they might get a good positive reaction. So let's keep that going, WWE, okay? Again, you're listening to me, as you should. I am the voice of the voiceless. I'm a man of the people, all right? Give us what we want. Saturday pay-per-views. You started, keep it going. We failed to mention this on the last week's show, not intentionally, but we've noticed the, as they're alluding to it, one of the hottest free agents, Tony Nese, has been in attendance to some recent AEW events. And in my opinion, I think the best professional wrestling is on AEW. Um, they are a professional wrestling company as they, you know, they market themselves as they should because they do it and they do it well. We can critique things here and there, but, you know, when you look at Tony Nese, I know sometimes his character never kind of took off, right? You know, the ab thing, you know, yes, super, super, you know, swole, ripped, you know, no doubt about it. But Tony Nese was a good wrestler. And when you gave him a platform, the guy was able to wrestle. I think the 205 experiment was a failed experiment. I know that the, the, the tournament was great. That was awesome watching that, like that, um, that, that tournament when they did it. Um, it was able to kind of give us a lot of fresh faces, some names that we still see today, like the Cedric Alexanders and so on and so forth. But unfortunately, 205 Live, I feel like never really took off the way it was intended to take off. Um, and I feel like Tony Nese was one of those uh, wrestlers that was just uber talented, but unfortunately just didn't have the character to, to boot. And I think AEW is the perfect platform. They have four shows on a weekly basis. And I think he could find himself a very good home. So I do hope that he does officially eventually sign if he's not officially signed at this moment um, with AEW. I think that would be a great home for him. Uh, Eric Bischoff had a recent interview and he hit on a bunch of topics, but one topic that did stand out was his comments about CM Punk and not moving the needle and CM Punk referring to himself as the outsiders when the outsiders went to WCW. Now, I think it's a little unfair, right? Because I think in this day and age of, of streaming, of social media, of dirt sheets and leaks, no matter if Hulk Hogan himself came back, and I'm talking like 1980s Hulkamania, baby, um, came back. I don't know if we'd see those eight, nine million views on, on an episode of any wrestling show. AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, whatever impact. It's just not that day and age anymore. Back when it was during the Monday Night Wars. So I don't want to discredit what Punk is doing and him coming back because the fans have clamored for him for seven years. It didn't matter what show, what arena, they were going to chant his name. He showed up on AEW for the wrestling company that he wants to wrestle in, which he has been doing a great job in. I think he has theoretically given um, maybe not needle-moving numbers, but he's given much more legitimacy to what they're trying to do. He's all over promotional material. He's doing his thing. So I do want to, you know, take a second to say for Eric Bischoff, I hear what you're saying. It's easy to put down what he's doing because the numbers don't reflect what happened during that time. But at the same time, he's bringing legitimacy to a company that's still trying to find its feet, right? They're the darling. They're the pro wrestling darling right now because they're the company that gives the wrestlers a platform to wrestle. It's against the anti-establishment of what WWE stands for. So I think in that regard, it is successful. I think the fresh feuds that he's going to be able to participate in that he's already done this far has been super successful. Um, P 
people are talking about it more. I mean, one of my buddies, one of my partners with the with the ten party rental company, said to me the other day, he's like, "Oh, I was watching AEW that night. Just extremely entertaining. I loved it." And it's funny because a guy like him who doesn't get home until seven o'clock at night from his day to his nine to five, well, more like his like six in the morning to six at night job, um, still finds time to watch some wrestling, but he ain't putting on WWE. He's putting on AEW, and that's kind of what they're trying to do with the CM Punk signing, right? CM Punk is not just a wrestling name. He's a name in mainstream. He's been in movies. Um, he's been in sports entertainment. He's been in mixed martial arts. I don't want to say he's a household name, but I think he's a, a name in pop culture right now. So I do think he's doing a good thing, but I do hear you, Eric Bischoff, and you're right to stand up for your product. AEW wants to be as close to WCW as they could be because that was the company that rivaled Vince and beat him for a period of time. Um, so there's no doubt that the comparisons are there. But I also don't want to poo-poo on exactly what Punk and, and AEW is doing. But you make valid points, uh, Eric Bischoff. And as you say, controversy is cash. And cash is king, baby. Let's keep talking about it. Uh, Ring of Honor. There was an announcement that was made that they're releasing all their current contracts right now. And of course, this is due to the pandemic. And it's very sad um, when that happens because obviously, you know, wrestlers are independent workers. Depending on what their contract is, if they're not wrestling, they're not making money. So, you know, for me, I'm not, I don't know the specific situation around Ring of Honor as much as I do some of the other companies. But, you know, I know there's a lot of talent there, I know a lot of names. The Briscoes, EC3, um, you know, come to mind. There are some other names in there that are off the top of my tongue, which I don't have anyone here to bounce ideas off. So I'm just kind of going off the cusp on these things. But lo and behold, there's talent there and they deserve a platform. And it's just easy to think that, okay, they're all going to be signed by AEW. And there's a report that like six or seven of those guys are going to be signed to AEW. And to be quite honest, there may be. You know, I'm thinking an invasion type angle, right? We spoke about this back in the day when when Impact and AEW kind of had their own sharing agreement, right? And we saw some pretty cool stuff. The Good Brothers came over. We've seen Christian Cage go back and forth, Kenny Omega go back and forth. But it seems at this point, the sharing agreement's a little bit maybe off because I haven't seen the Good Brothers on AEW in a couple of weeks. Uh, Christian did drop the championship at the most recent Bound for Glory pay-per-view, um, which is something. So this is um, definitely an interesting time um, for these ring of honor wrestlers. And, you know, WWE made a point that they're not going to be signing independent con like independent uh, wrestlers anymore. They're just going in-house. So really curious to see what comes of it. But if I were Tony Khan and AEW management, the v the EVPs, you know, Cody Rhodes, the young bucks, why not work out some sort of agreement with ring of honor, some sharing agreement, similar to what you have with impact. You don't have to hire these guys to make them all elite but maybe give these guys some time and let them run a nice invasion angle. That would be a good time. All right. That'd be kind of fun. So we will see. Um, it looks like Joey and Tommy's very own Bray Wyatt um, is a free agent as of Friday. And he can finally start telling his story because there's been a lot of indications in the back that, you know, unfortunately he wasn't the same with the passing of um, John Huber, um, Brody Lee, um, and supposedly it kind of like hurt his mental, which uh, he's a brother. You know, if you lose family, you're never the same again, but supposedly some of the word in the backstage in WWE is that he started gaining weight. 
he was hard to work with. He wasn't the same guy. He was tough with his creative control. But let's be honest, WWE's creative these days is not creative at all. Uh, there's more create there's more creativity in um, in kindergarten playgrounds than there is in the WWE creative rooms. So let's put that out there for a second. Um, but it seems that he kind of came out on Twitter and he made a comment that, hey, listen, I'll be able to tell my story soon. And my story is going to be a good story to tell. So we're definitely looking forward to that story. So let's see. His no compete is up this past Friday. Let's see what his story is going to be. Let's see if he's going to show up. Speaking of showing up, Joe Money. We got a question of the week from Joe Money. Joey, play that uh, Joe Money theme song for me. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. All right, so Joe Money's question is, would we rather see Bray in wrestling ring or in movies? That's a great question, Joe. Um, I mean, Bray Wyatt looks like, to me, he should be in a horror movie. He looks like Leatherface to me. And I mean that with as much respect as possible. So don't be coming at me. I mean that in a respectful way. Um, in my opinion, I think his story is not done being told in the ring. I think there's a little bit more to tell um, before we maybe could see him in more movies and being legitimate movies. But uh, me personally, I want a wrestling ring all day. We weren't done telling the Fiend story. The Fiend story was not told in the best manner in WWE. And of course, towards his end of the run, you know, I think the uh, the downward turn was when he lost to Goldberg, unfortunately. And he dropped the title to Goldberg, and he was never the same after that. Um, that WrestleMania debacle with Randy Orton and losing to Randy Orton and the Alexa thing, and then Alexa was never the same after. That would just – I don't know what happened, man. I mean, even if, unfortunately, he wasn't where he needed to be, you can still tell a finite story and, and a better conclusion of what that was. That was really hard to watch. That whole – I don't know what she was, like that dark blood princess, whatever that was, distracted him. That wasn't the right way to go about it. You could have told a little bit of a better story because that's our last memory of, of The Fiend and Bray Wyatt in WWE, and that may always be the last memory. We never see him again. And I know it's never say never, but sometimes it is never. Um, all right, Monday Night Raw. Listen, it's post-draft. The draft is in effect. We open up Raw in a way that's pretty common, right? A lot of people could book it where... We have Biggie, the new WWE champion, looking for a challenger. And then we have Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. Okay. Okay. Finn Balor. Okay. And it looks like that um, we're going to get a fatal four-way match and a ladder match. Pretty fun, right? It's a decent way to not beat people in terms of pinning them. But also it's a way that you're going to make three of your four potential contenders lose at the same time. These are sometimes, these are like some hard booking decisions. And sometimes you can just allow someone to kind of come out, call the champ out, and let the champ take them on one-on-one -on -one and let the other guys run a different program. Um, you know, I think we all knew Seth Rollins is going to be the number one contender because we knew that obviously he can't chase Roman Reigns on SmackDown. We called it months ago. He's got to find a place on Raw, which he did. Big E being a face champion, Seth Rollins being a heel challenger. It makes all the sense in the world. Um and Seth Rollins wins that match and will be challenging Big E tonight, actually, today being November 1st um, on Monday Night Raw for the WWE Championship. 
I'm okay with that outcome. What I do want to see is I want to see Kevin Owens turn heel. I think the possibilities of Kevin Owens turning heel and the amount of matchups that he could possibly have with a lot of these younger talents. Like I'd love to see a heel Owens and a, and a face priest. Damian priest also debuted a new music and a new look, by the way. So it, I didn't see him being broken to be quite honest. I actually thought his archer of infamy music was great. I thought his look was good. Um, he seems to be like a little bit darker, a little bit more mysterious, um, new music, new look, you know, rest a little bit differently. We'll see. Too soon to tell. I didn't think he needed a change, but that's just my opinion. But I'd like to see Kevin Owens turn heel because I think he's done all he can do as a face at this time. And um, as we saw, he had a great, great feud with Roman Reigns on SmackDown many, many months ago during the pandemic era. And I think with Big E being a face champion, I don't think you're going to have Kevin Owens be a challenger, but I think having Big E be a face champion and Kevin Owens being a heel challenger. Now that's a feud I'd love to see. So if anyone's listening to this and anyone agrees or not, I mean, hey, I think a nice Kevin Owens heel run would be really, really good. Not only for Kevin Owens, but good for us as the fans. So we will see. Um, anyway, NXT, Halloween Havoc. What a show indeed. It was our first NXT, I guess, special night event in this 2.0 landscape. Now, as you guys know, I've been a little bit critical of NXT 2.0 because I can tell it's not been the same. But I know at the same time, there's definitely going to be some stars butting out of this, right? You know, when I think back to like that women's tournament, and I think back to some of the individual women that we saw and their big character changes, you know, I think of Zia Lee, you know, when she was promoted during that women's tournament, she was promoted as like, you know, the first, you know, Chinese female superstar and, you know, very much embraced the culture, which is fine. But now the Zia Lee that we see today is very different, very evolved. Raquel Gonzalez was a cowgirl. She is now Big Mommy Cool. You know, Tony Storm and, and Io Shirai and these girls, you know, 2.0 has reminded me a lot of like, like the kind of the figuring out ground versus the actual third brand and that like that different option in WWE wrestling. So, you know, I'm a little bit critical because I want to kind of see them find their footing. And I thought overall the night was okay. If I had to give it a one to five, I'd give it about a three. Um, we got some new champions, Toxic Attraction. And I don't mean just the tag team. I mean the whole group. I think the girls, I think Gigi Dolan and JC Lane, uh, JC Jane winning the championships as they did in that stairway to hell match was actually pretty good, right? Because theoretically, you can have them still re-challenge Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. You can have them move on. You can have them challenge uh, Indy Hartwell, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. You could do that. Or new challengers. A lot of different options. Um Mandy Rose went over Raquel Gonzalez. And I think we did call on last week's show is that we said Dakota Kai was going to come back and cost her the championship, and she did. And it didn't make Raquel look weak, but it finally capitalized on Mandy Rose, which I think they needed to, because if she didn't win the title at this time, I don't think we'd ever take her seriously. So that should be rather interesting to see how she kind of goes about it. Uh, I thought the tag match with Imperium and SK was really good. Um, I did not expect Imperium to beat MSK. I thought MSK has done a good job as tag team champions. I feel like they could represent both NXT 1.0 and 2.0. But, you know, sometimes you have to have the faces chase, right? You just, now you have two sets of new heel champions, the women's champion and the women's tag team champion. So, you know, um, you're going to have faces chase in there. And I guess Imperium, you know, you want to have more heel champions. Okay, no problem. You know, we'll see how it goes. Still a great match. 
Um, I'm not getting behind Joe Gacy. I'm not. I thought that was just a, a, I guess, a more enhanced squash match. I just, I can't get behind him right now. I don't like his character. I don't see it. I think what they're doing with Parker Bordreau and Harlan is still not good, in my opinion. That's fine. What I did enjoy was the cinematic little, uh, I guess, Halloween horror that uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams had to go through to get his title back from Johnny Gargano and uh, Dexter Loomis. I did enjoy that because it kind of gave us like a chance to be able to kind of get to know these guys a little bit more because you can see they're uber athletic, super talented. But I think what NXT 2.0 is missing is personality, which there's not enough of it right now. And I think a lot of those personalities have gone to other companies or have graduated to the main roster. So I think being able to have that kind of segment allow for them to kind of showcase their personality. So I did appreciate that very much. And I'm looking forward to that tag match and then eventually that one-on-one match. I thought we were going to get the one-on-one match at NXT uh, Halloween Havoc, and we didn't, which I'm happy about because that would have been rushed. Don't rush it. We have time, right? We got time. Take your time, baby. Slow burns. Um, we got Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa, the match that scared the shit out of me because I'm like, if they make Braun Breaker champion now, I think they are dooming him because you're going to make him go too fast, too quick. I felt like he should have earned a little bit more. He looks the part. He doesn't talk the part. And I don't think he's earned the part. I think he had a good match. There were some little sloppy moments. I don't want to be overly critical. I thought Ciampa looked great. I think Ciampa remaining champion was the right move to make. I think Braun Breaker will be a champion one day. I just think that day shouldn't have been Tuesday. And I'm happy it wasn't Tuesday. And I'm glad it's not today, being Monday or tomorrow, Tuesday. But he will be a champion. Let's see a little bit more of Braun Breaker. Let's see him get into another feud or two before we see him maybe back in the, in the, in the main event title picture and maybe winning a championship again. But, or championship for the first time. We will see. Um, AEW was fun this week. You know, it was the Halloween episode. Um, you know, right now... What I'm loving is this Darby Allen, MJF, Sting, uh, Warlow, you know, thing we kind of got going on. Uh, I'm loving it. MJF is absolutely the best heel in the business, and he lets you know about it. He takes shots at you. Man, that guy is good. Take notes. Whoever's trying to be a heel, trying to speak on the mic and really just deliver lines, MJF's got it. That feud that he has going on right now um, with obviously now soon to be Darby Allen that he returned this week and um, and having Sting and everyone involved. I'm really enjoying that. I love that very much. It's great. Um, you know, John Moxley came out and we always we've always heard John Moxley sometimes like a little bit of loose cannon. Right. He sometimes beats to his own drum. He, he, he wrestled um, in the, the, the tournament, the uh, eliminator tournament against Preston Vance and you know he walked through the crowd his normal walk through the crowd but extra quick extra angry I feel like he literally I don't know if that was a fan but I feel like he lifted someone up and moved them out of the way he ripped uh Ten's face mask off took a bite out of him it was a weird match it didn't flow well like it, it was definitely a statement but it just it felt off so I don't know if it was like a weird night Maybe the baby didn't sleep. I don't know. I know breastfeeding early on is, is a tough thing for new moms and new parents. That's what they tell me. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know what's going on, but that was, that was, that was weird. That was really weird. Um, Daniel Bryan, Eddie Kingston. Damn. Damn. That was good. That was hard hitting. That was legit. 
That's what Daniel Bryan wanted to do when he, when he, any wrestling, he just wanted to wrestle. That was great, man. Eddie, kudos to Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, he passed out the ref called for the stoppage, but he never really, as quote unquote, they didn't lift his hand, which is true. His hand went numb, but they didn't lift his hand. So that was really interesting. Um, Eddie Kingston and CM Punk seems to be a few that we're going to be visiting, um, which I think could be a lot of fun. I feel like that can have like history. They can probably, I'm sure they've wrestled in the past before. They have a history with each other. Bring that up. CM Punk's one of the best talkers on the mic. Eddie Kingston can absolutely cut a promo. And what we've seen in the ring from Eddie Kingston, you know that man can wrestle. You know Punk can wrestle. He's one of the best in the world. I'm with that feud. Let me get more of that, baby. Hell yeah. Cannot wait for that. And we had a nice, and I was saying this before we had the TNT bracket. I was hoping for Serena Deeb and Sheeta to fight. And they did. Um, fantastic wrestling match. Sheeta got the win. Her 50th win will move on and fight Nyla Rose. Serena Deeb is heel as heel comes, which could be great because she can be an eventual first challenger to one of the winners of the newly minted TNT, TBS. I'm sorry, TBS Women's Championship. So that was really cool. Um, Rampage, you had the doctor, DMD, taking on Abaddon in a, in a very, very much Halloween street fight. That was brutal. That was bloody. That was weird. That was uncomfortable. That was horror. It was, I don't have more adjectives I can describe. DMD just survived. Abaddon was the perfect opponent for kind of like a nice Halloween match. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, AEW was very entertaining this week, in my opinion. I'm very much looking forward to the Lucha Bros and, and FTR doing their thing again. It's weird seeing FTR and Tully on the side where you now have Sean Spears and MJF and Warlow still referencing the pinnacle. Um, you know what match probably was my favorite match and will actually be my MVP is Adam Hangman Page. Okay. When you have the super elite being Ghostbusters, and then you have the Dark Order, you know, John Silver, my boy, Johnny Hungy. I mean, he's Bambi. Um, I forget the character from PS5, I think the God of War character. Um, it looks like Brandon Cutler was, um, excuse me, uh, Cole Cabana was Brandon Cutler. And um, Preston, uh, excuse me, wow, Evil Uno was uh, Adam, Adam Page, which was awesome. And then there was a horse. That horse was acting up real weird, right? We had a lot of fun during the match, a lot of cool moments, a lot of funny props. Um, they did a great job playing with the crowd, just having a great time. We noticed the, the horse came out looking like he needed some water, right? Um, went into the ring, BTE trigger by everybody, low blow. Un it was uh, veil unveiled to be Brandon Cutler. And then the Ghostbusters puff, uh, I forget his name, the character, the, the stay puffy guy, the, you know, whatever the Michelin man looking guy was, revealed himself to be Adam Hangman Page. And it was an awesome reveal. The face he made, the face that I think Nick Jackson made, or it was Matt Jackson, I forget which Jackson was, but either way, one of the young bucks. And when he went to town and he, and he just came out drinking beer, celebrating with the crowd, like sometimes booking can be just that simple. Right when you have a lot of good wrestlers and they're wrestling, and WWE comes to fault all the time when they try to mix and match like a lot of wrestlers and a match to try to get a lot of exposure, they don't seem to kind of showcase each other. I felt this match did that and they showcased everybody, but it had fun moments. It played with the crowd, it gave a good reveal, it played on the Halloween holiday. It was everything you wanted. 
I cannot wait for Adam Page and Kenny Omega at full gear. I cannot wait. Early prediction, maybe a spoiler. Your new AEW heavyweight champion, Hangman Adam Page. I'm calling it now. He is my MVP of the week. He is my early prediction for my new AEW champion. Um, everybody, I'm not going to go much more than that. I just wanted to kind of have like a nice little recap show. We don't like not being able to put out shows because we've done this for so many weeks in a row and we want to continue to keep doing. We love doing it. I know the schedules were tough this week. I wanted to make it happen. I hope I made it happen. I hope I gave you guys something just to hear a little bit of the, of, of me and, uh, you know, know that, Hey, listen, we wanted to be together. This is the best we can do on a sh- on, uh, on the notice we had. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, again, I'm not going to say it wrong. I'm going to go episode 79. I'm just going to guess at it. Uh, the Lone Wolf episode, um, the Halloween episode, um, the Puff Man episode. Joey, whatever you want to name it, just name it. Anywho, everybody, thank you for listening. Hope you had a great holiday. Stay safe and watch for wrestling. NJ3 out.